long story short, after um, the end of that conversation, I, I made the decision that I was going to give this a whirl because it was the perfect combination of being able to help people and um, and using my my love for business and money and and taking all that and kind of putting it all together. And so that's where I started at a big company, um, and and that's where I mean that's all she wrote. I I fell in love. Welcome back to the Innovator Podcast. I know it has been a week. I took a quick week off of the podcast because I actually got engaged to my boyfriend of almost four years, so I took a little time off to enjoy time together, but I am back and better than ever. And for those who are tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. And to you guys who are longtime listeners, I'm so happy you're here. The Innovator Podcast is a female entrepreneur series that dives into the stories of how women founders tackled hardship and difficulties to ultimately find success. My name is Erica Sullivan, and I'm the host of the Innovator Podcast, and today I'm welcoming Nicole Overcamp to the podcast. Nicole is a business coach, wealth advisor, and the CEO and founder of Pow Her House Money Coaching and Wilcox Financial Group. Nicole is also the co-author of Money Bitch, a no BS guide for smart women who want to own their financial future. In today's episode, Nicole and I chat about everything from steps entrepreneurs can take to start their own business to financial tips and tricks to help encourage financial literacy for women. Nicole, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing well. Things are crazy, but I'm sure you know about that as well. I mean, things are so strange right now. Oh my goodness. They sure are. It's every day is a new adventure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But I am super excited to have you on the Innovator Podcast today to talk a little bit about Powerhouse Money, Wilcox Financial Group, your background, financial literacy for women, um, and really everything in between. This is a topic that is so fascinating and so important for women, especially right now if they're dealing with, you know, any kind of financial burdens that come from a pandemic and the world kind of being in a weird place. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am so excited to be here and and talking about this because like you said, I mean, it's important all of the time. But right now, I think is is just such an interesting period we're all going through. And women now more than ever need access to resources and education. So, so thank you. Absolutely. So what I would love to do is I would love for you to start us at the very beginning and kind of talk to us about what your early life was like and how your story has evolved to get you where you are today. So how long do we have? No, I'm just <laughs> Um, Well, I think, you know, truly, and and I was just talking about this the other day, uh, a lot of my interest in money and finances started when I was a young girl. Uh, and, And it was because I was always extremely aware of the money I didn't have. I, um, I grew up in an upper middle class neighborhood and all of my friends had parents that were were well off and um, they they got things easily so they always had the best clothes the new car and and i didn't and and i had um 
a single, I grew up with a single mom. My, my father left us at, at a really young age and I constantly, like when they were together, it was constant arguing over money. When they weren't together, it was constant stress over money. And I always felt this like um, scarcity almost of, oh my goodness, like that we, we don't have any and how can I get more? How can I make more? How can I help? And, and I started uh, when, when I was a kid, I babysat, I cut lawns, I would like hand out flyers in the neighborhood <laughs> to always be able to make extra money so that I could help my mom and so that I could also buy the things my friends have and not seem different. Uh, you know, so I, I always started you know, having jobs and, and I was a little bit, I guess, of an entrepreneur even back then, um, but always trying to hustle so that I could could help and then and then earn money and and as I got older, I, I and the more I learned too, my my mom couldn't be alone. She always needed a man to help her through finances and through money. She couldn't support us girls. I, I have a, a younger sister on her own, and and she really struggled. And and to her credit, like we got through. We had an amazing childhood, but she always needed that someone else. And and to me, I I think that. Part of it is she didn't have the tools and resources. She didn't have the confidence. She even know a financial advisor existed or, or a coach for, for that matter. Um, and she didn't have the confidence to, to go get a, a full-time job or even ask for a raise for that matter. Like my mom is is going to be 60 and she still struggles <laughs> with that. Um, but I, I made it a point when, when I was, as I was growing up, that I will never, ever be in a situation where I, I depend on someone else to be financially independent. You know, like a man is not a financial plan. And I, I wanted to be in that place where I really could create my own security, my own freedom, and be able to do what I wanted on my terms. And so um, I, I started living that way when I was in high school, actually, I, I had a few jobs. I uh, was always saving and as, as well as trying to, you know, get to to the next place. I started a Roth IRA with the lady at the bank. I like forced her to educate me. And, and, and when she had mentioned like, hey, why is all this money just in a savings account? You should invest it. And I was like, what's an investment? And, and so um, it actually started in, in high school. I, I started that investment account and I couldn't be more grateful for her for like kind of taking me under her wing and educating me. And, and now um, going through college, I actually didn't know I wanted to be a financial advisor. I, I thought I wanted to be like a family court attorney and helping with children of divorce. And long story short, in college and going through those internships, I found out that I really didn't want to do that. And I couldn't stop falling asleep in courtrooms. <laughs> so um, I, I was about to graduate and and while I was working at one of my my part time jobs was working for a financial advisor and we ended up having like one of those worldly conversations and he told me a bit about the industry and and long story short, after um, the end of that conversation, I, I made the decision that I was going to give this a whirl because it was the perfect combination of being able to help people and um, and using my my love for business and money and and taking all that and kind of putting it all together. And so that's where I started at a big company 
Um, and, and that's where, I mean, that's all she wrote. I, I fell in love um, from, from that day forward. So I got all of my licenses and, and my MBA um, when I was turning 21. So, I mean, I've, I've been at this now for 11 years and um, in really in enjoying all of it. So over that, actually, so I was probably 22 when, when I started, but um, so yeah, so that that is how I got into to the industry. And so um, it's, you know, it, it's been a very interesting ride. And, and I think more than anything, I've learned a, a tremendous amount of life lessons too. And in going through uh, all of the um, like learning about the real world type things. I was so naive when I got started in the business and how business works. And, um, and of course, that's how uh, I, I decided to, to leave and go out on my own in 2012 and start my own firm. Because after learning all those life lessons, I knew that there was something better out there. And I was made for more. Uh, where I started, it was very sales heavy oriented. You know, they, they talked about financial planning and hey do a retirement plan for someone but really sell them an annuity or really sell them life insurance and i the more i learned the less i wanted to be that i really wanted to to build a plan and in someone's best interest and make a positive impact in their in their life and, and hold them accountable along the way provide a support system and so um you know in, in leaving i i really wanted to create something that i was told i couldn't do is really what it came down to. And so um, that's where uh, Wilcox Financial was born. And it, it definitely didn't happen overnight. It was difficult, um, you know, and, and I got my butt handed to me because even though I was good at my craft, I was not a good business owner. So I had to learn all the things, all the things that I didn't realize um, going into that I had to know. And I think I, I'm grateful that I didn't know that because I would have never done it. <laughs> but um, and so over the years, the you know, we grew the firm, we grew the company, and, and I did all the wrong things. I made all of the mistakes, and, and I'm so um, grateful for, for learning them. And, and we evolved over time. You know, and at first, I was everything to everyone. And, and as the years went by, I really started to focus and narrow my niche and, and just focusing on women because there's such a need, and I knew I could fill that gap. Uh, and, and so... Uh, four years ago was when Power House Money Coaching was founded, and that is specifically for women, wealth coaching and business coaching, actually, for female entrepreneurs, because I wanted to be able to help women in business and service-based businesses grow their business and make more money and do what they're made for by giving them the, the tools, the resources, the accountability, um, because I've, I've done it. You know, I started from negative revenue to seven figures in revenue and with all the BS in between. And I want to be able to help other women do that too and, and give them the shortcuts so that they don't have to take as long as I did, right? They don't have to fall as, as many times as I did. And so, um, you know, that is, is really to me, like the best thing ever. And I think even going through this pandemic that we're in right now, uh, I have moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, how are we here? How did this happen? And I try not to get captured by anxiety and overwhelm. But I think what pulls me through is I have so many women right now that I'm helping, that I'm talking to. And every day I start my day with conversations, I end it with conversations. And before you know it, I don't even know the day happened. And so um, I, I have so much gratitude right now, even just for that alone. One thing I find so fascinating about your story is that, I mean, you said from a young age that, you know, your dad was not in the picture. And I mean, I think a lot of people know that the number one reason for divorce is money. Um, mm -hmm. 
So I feel like it's weird sometimes being growing up in that kind of environment that you took the time to seek out information and educating yourself and making sure that that was, you know, a man is not a plan. You were going to find your own plan. And I think that's so amazing that you're now giving back to women and saying, hey, my journey was hard, but yours doesn't have to be as hard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, it's, it's just, it, it is, it's my mission. It is my mission to empower women to, to own their future and, and not go through through what I did. So the class of 2020 college seniors, I mean, I was a part of that group too, and we probably just graduated in the worst market we've seen since the Great Recession. It, wow. it was a kind of a mess. I mean, my friends were getting yeah. offers rescinded. People felt really unstable. Um, and, you know, unemployment rose higher in three months of COVID-19, and we're not even through it, than it did in the entire two years of the Great Recession. So what advice can you give to recent graduates um, who had their full-time offers maybe rescinded and are trying to stretch their penny? Sure. So I think, and and when you posed this question to me, it was, is it quite ironic because I got started in the business in 2009, Hmm. the Great Recession. and in thinking back, you know, and even what I did, I, I of course, when I started, I, I didn't have any money, but I was completely unaware of the recession we were in. And and now for for graduates who are going through this incredible time uh, that hopefully we'll never see again, I think it's important to think of a, a number of things. And first. And foremost, when it comes to money and finances, take a hard look at where your money's going. Um, Cancel anything that's extra or that you don't need. I think we live in a society of having to have things that we really don't need and getting used to luxuries that are extra. And so if there's anything that you have right now that you could do without, or maybe you could share, for example, you know, can you split a prime membership with a bunch of friends if you even need that? Or can you split Netflix and cut cable? Uh, Whatever the case may be. And if you're a student, maybe that's living at home, even better. You know, hopefully you have a a good support system there and and you can squirrel away any extra dollars uh, because you you need to be incredibly mindful that uh, the future is very uncertain. And right now to just scale back and save is one of the the most important things that you can do and if you don't need this savings that you're you're doing and, and it, things end up working out okay i promise you you're not going to be upset that you 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 save that money so uh, you know nobody ever says that i'm pissed i saved um and so that's the first thing. And, and then the next thing is dig deep into your skill set and have a incredibly positive and resi- resilient mindset and mentality. And, and so what I mean by that is you graduated and you have skills and it might not be what you saw happening, right? It, it might not have, have been where you saw your future going or, or when you graduated and maybe you had your offer rescinded or there just aren't available jobs right now. Think about how you yourself can be 
an innovator? You know, what are the things that you're really good at that you can just go out there and create a job for yourself? You, you know, there there may not be a lot of what you're applying to available or would like to apply to, but there is a tremendous amount of opportunity right that right now. And so think of even, you know, as simple as if you waitressed during college that is grounds for like excellent customer service so where can you go get a customer service job right now and just build your resume build your resume and how can you pivot your skill set might not be your dream job but it'll fill the gap and you'll learn something to add to your resume for when that dream job comes up or maybe you have other skills you know upload your skills and and what you're able to do to upwork or fiverr uh you know there's plenty of freelance uh, options out there as well. So many small businesses may have lost their workforce or part of their workforce, or they don't have the funding to hire help, but they are cranking and super busy. So, um, you know, you college students are super savvy and there may be a lot of freelance work available as well. So I think it's all about being a being humble and and just knowing that look like it might not be what you expected but it is what it is we're here and you're not entitled to anything you have to earn everything and so look out and see how you can be resourceful and and get out there into the world and create a job or a position for yourself um and then be very mindful of your money and save as much as you can and be frugal and, and have this mentality and if you have the funding for it um or money is available you know some of the best money you can spend is a coach or, or maybe help having someone help you through this process if you feel like you're not able to do it alone or maybe get a mentor um, or someone that can can really help during this time and, and walk you through some of the things that maybe they've been through. I think that's such great advice is that there are so many opportunities out there right now, whether it be, you know, going to platforms like Upwork and doing a little bit of freelance work. But we are so lucky in this time. And I mean, I have to tell it to myself every day, too, that, mm -hmm. you know, having the opportunity to work virtually is an option. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing about that. Not that anything about this pandemic is cool, but um, about the times that we're in right now is that if this did happen back in 08, 09, we would have apps, we would have been decimated as an economy. And, and the fact that nowadays everyone can, can work virtually and do so much with technology is an absolute gift, you know, so, um, and I think that's an opportunity in itself, right? And, and all the things that you could do or, or seek um, opportunity in. So talk to us a little bit about your book that you co-authored, Money Bitch. So the book dives into how women want independence, security, honesty, and integrity. Um, so what can our audience expect if they want to pick up a copy? Well, they can expect it to be awesome. <laughs> It is really an absolute guide to starting to look at how to build your wealth and, and really dig into your finances and the things that you need to be thinking about. You know, we wanted to write a book about money that you don't need a dictionary for. We wanted it to be simple and fun. And, and I want the readers to be able to read it, whether you're just graduating college or you're in your 50s. And you can say at some point in that book, me too. Or you can say, oh my goodness, I didn't 
didn't realize that or I'm not the only one. We we really made it relatable because every chapter of the book is is we are breaking down different topics of financial planning and we're giving the readers tools, we're giving them worksheets, we're giving them things that they can physically implement to make an immediate impact, but we're also doing this through storytelling. So it is not going to be your, your typical dry guide or um, tool book, if you will, but it, it's through stories and weaving in um, all of the education and tools and, and things that you need to just get started. Because oftentimes I, I think that, you know, we don't know even where to begin and it's completely overwhelming. And so because we're intimidated or in a world of overwhelm, we do nothing. And the idea of this book was to reach more people on a platform that was inviting, that was was simple to pick up and read. And it's a quick read. You can get through it in a weekend if you want to, and then know exactly what you need to do first, right? What, what that action step is to put yourself in the next best place, because we're not going to do better until we know better. And we're hoping that this really will be the ultimate guide for that. I love that you guys kind of get rid of the jargon that might kind of scare some people away. So maybe they pick up a book and they say, I want to learn about personal finance. But then on page one of the book, they're seeing charts and information that they've never been exposed to and they feel overwhelmed exactly like you were saying. Um, so I love that you guys are creating a book that you don't need a dictionary in order to understand about money. So maybe this came up, you know, while you guys were writing the book, but what is the number one mistake you see people make when it comes to money and money management? Well, I think that the number one mistake, no doubt, is doing nothing, um, you know, and, and, and that goes hand in hand with just making assumptions where we we hear it all the time. Well, I'm going to be fine. I'm saving into my 401k. Um, but they fail to think about what if life happens? You know, everything's fine until it's not. And so digging into all of those scenarios and being unshakable financially is really important. And so when we fail to do nothing or just assume we're going to be fine, that's where we see a lot of the biggest pitfalls, you know. And, and then the other side of that is people do nothing because they're afraid of what they're going to hear or they do nothing because they aren't sure who to ask the questions to, or they feel shameful of where they currently are and they should be further ahead. You know, the, the road to nothing leads to a lot of different emotions, but it's probably what we see most common and, and it's devastating to your financial future because every day that goes by is a day of opportunity. You know, there's that time value of money concept. And the sooner you start, the sooner you can get ahead or, or get closer to reaching your goals. And so for us, like our number one thing is like, just start, like ask the questions and, and take action because it will 1000% be worth your time. So I am obsessed with people's morning daily routines because I think it's so fascinating and it tells you a lot about a person. Um, so can you walk us through a normal day in your life if there even is such a thing as a normal day? <laughs> so I am a routine freak, actually. So every day is is 
pretty much the same, um, quarantine or not. So I get up at um, anywhere between five and 5.15 in the morning and I practice gratitude. So I just sit for a minute and meditate and I think about what I have to do for the day and then what I'm grateful for. I've, I started doing this uh, almost four years ago and it really sets the stage and the precedence for the type of day you're having, you know, set the intention. And then I have coffee, like six cups of coffee <laughs> um, because I love caffeine. It's my guilty pleasure. And I eat breakfast while I'm having coffee and eating breakfast. I I read. So what I'll do is I'll typically log in. I'll start looking at all of my emails. I'll respond to the simple ones. I'll flag the ones that are going to need more time and attention. And then I'll, I'll either read um, something that is in the news or something going on. So that way I'm just updated with current news. And then after that, I shower, get ready for work. I go to the office. I'm almost always at the office before seven uh, in the morning. So I'm there before everybody else. And then, and then I start my day. So whatever that looks like, sometimes it's, it's meetings, sometimes it's prepping for plans or, or business coaching sessions. So, uh, but, but most of the time, the majority of, of my meetings are going to be between seven and and four and I have a non-negotiable workout break at, at four 30 and then I'm back at it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I am a caffeine addict, but I don't even have six cups of coffee. A day. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know my husband's like trying so hard to get me to scale back. It used to be like 12 a day. And so I'm at that, like I'm at half capacity. So I feel really good about that, but you just made me feel guilty again. <laughs> no, oh my gosh. Do not feel guilty at all because I also drink espresso, so I can't even compare it. Okay. That's good stuff. It, it is. <laughs> it gets you um, buzzed and ready to go on the day. I kind of, if I have too much, I start bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So you mentioned that, you know, in the morning you like to read, you know, when you're having your coffee, maybe the news. Um, so what is maybe a book, a resource or a podcast that you love and want to share with the audience? Sure. So I have a, a few here that I wrote down and I actually listen to about uh, two books a month. It, it's a huge habit of mine. I am obsessed with it. I don't read them because I'm not very good with reading, but I do listen to Audible. Um, and, and one of the, the favorites that I have is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's so useful, whether you are an uh, entrepreneur or not. I, I think it's really great. Um, Never Split the Difference is also an incredible book by Chris Voss, especially for those of you who are in the process of needing to negotiate and going through all of that. That book is really great. Um, and then The Most Powerful Woman in the Room by Lydia Finnette. I loved that book as well. So much of what she said in that book, I literally thought she was speaking to me in terms of just being a woman in the corporate world, especially dominated by men, which was, you know, is my whole life. So um, that that was fantastic as well. And, and those books all just give you tools. They give you tools that you can literally implement in your day right now to get you further ahead. And, and books like that are, are gold. So I could literally keep going all night, but I'll stop there. <laughs> I think the most powerful woman in the room book sounds really fascinating because I can, I mean, I just immediately started counting off the women who I think can relate to that. I mean, that's a very real thing in a lot of industries, particularly finance. 
Yeah. And, you know, you would think in 2020, we're not dealing with these gender issues anymore or the discrimination or, you know, the condescending conversations. And I mean, it's very real. And I wish I would have known how to deal with that earlier on in my career because I couldn't even imagine where I'd be right now. I'd be like in a totally different world, you know, um, and, and it, I was a slow learner. Like it took me a long time and I just don't want other women to learn the way I learned. I want them to take those shortcuts so they can skyrocket quicker. You know, it's, it's so important to know your worth and have the confidence and not be afraid to raise your hand and, and just get after it, you know, because if people can take advantage of you, they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is so true. And I'll definitely be sure to link these in the show notes if people are listening and think that is of interest and can relate to it and want to check it out. In addition to your book, too, we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. That is the number one book everybody should be reading right now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So lastly, where can the audience find you if they want to connect? They can find us on Instagram at Pow Her House Money. So it's P-O-W-H-E-R House Money. And we're on Facebook. And what I'll do too for your show notes is I'll give you a link to all of our, our websites and, and handles. That sounds perfect. And we'll be sure to include that so it's easy for you guys to find. But Nicole, thank you so much for coming on today to talk about, you know, your business, financial literacy for women, share some advice for students who might be struggling right now. I feel like this is stuff everyone needs, you know, even if it's in the back of their mind, they need to be thinking about their financial future. Absolutely. It is. So if you want to live your best life, I just hope that everybody starts to take a little bit of action. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah.